Hello and welcome to Perspective. This is a show by founders of small indie creative agencies giving our perspective on starting and running our own companies. The aim is to provide useful advice and inspiration to others as well as learn from each other and others we get to come talk on the show. This is our 13th episode. My name is John Dark. I'm a director at Every Interaction and with me again today I have Dan Gent from Lighthouse London. Hello Dan. Hey John, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Yes, not bad. Missed a few episodes there. I was uh, trying to find other podcasts to be on, but <laughs> no, no, no one wanted me, so uh, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back. It is good. A lot's happened since you've been uh, since you've been gone. It has a lot of uh, 2016 continues to confuse. I think it. I th- I think it started with uh, David Bowie dying. I think that was like the first thing in the series of things. There's been a string of celebrity deaths that probably only people of our age will know who they are. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder whether whether the same thing happened to our parents when they were about our age and all the people that were famous when they were growing up just started dying because <laughs> yeah. it's just this natural wave of uh, people of that age starting to disappear. And they just didn't have Facebook to all go on and be like, oh my God, what's happening? The world's ending. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had to read it next week in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. No, but absolutely, a lot has happened. We've lost a European football tournament. Yeah, big time. We've won a tennis one. That's true. Though we might lose the country that um, that winner came from. Yes. Would we therefore retrospectively also lose those tournament wins? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And of course, we voted to uh, leave the European Union. We did. Well done, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Thanks. Um, And what we wanted to talk about today is uh, what lessons we can take from from this, what what, what we can do as small business owners to sort of plan for for what's ahead, I guess. Um, Yeah. At least try and speculate around that because... I don't think anybody really knows what's ahead. No, absolutely. And hopefully this won't be too European-centric. I mean, we're going to talk about specifically Brexit and the issues around it, but I think there's lessons to be learned here for anybody who owns a business anywhere in the world because you need to be thinking about what happens when market conditions can change. And they can change quite suddenly. And you do need to have ideas or plans in place if a downturn occurs. And so just to start with, were you like instantly worried about business when it happened? I was definitely concerned. Before it, were you like, oh no, this is this could be bad? I voted to stay. And one of my reasons for voting to stay was that being the business owner that I am, I was concerned about what effect it would have on business, both on existing client relationships and the amount of new business that might come in over the short to medium term. I personally couldn't see a result where that leaving the EU would improve that situation, at least in the short term. I think I didn't worry too much about it. I think generally, I just always think everything's going to be fine. And so it was pretty shocking when it happened. And, and my, my theory of let's just carry on and everything will get better. I think it's like the first thing that's happened, certainly whilst I've earned a business that like hasn't gone in line with that. Like I just... I just thought, well, surely everyone knows that eventually we're all going to like form the singularity and become one huge brain. And, you know, <laughs> the road there clearly doesn't involve like leaving Europe. It involves joining Europe onto the rest of the world, turning ourselves into computers and, you know, living forever. But, you know, there's, <laughs> there's obviously a couple of bumps in that path now. But yeah, no, I think I think since it, I've I suddenly thought, oh, no, you know, I'm 
this has happened and I'm grown up. You know, this is not, if if this causes a recession and it's very likely that it, it will, I think, it will be the first one with us as where we are with, with businesses, not just being like freelancers or something small, you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. things are going to get difficult. And um, yeah, I think as that dawned on me, I was like, oh no, better ask John what to do. <laughs> well i imagine there's a lot of people in the same situation yeah you're right we haven't been through a downturn uh, of the severity since we've been business owners i think the last one we can think of in our working history was probably the dot-com crash that we worked our way through under the employment of other people and i i saw at the agency i was at at the time a massive round of redundancies happening uh, soon after i joined and you know, a sizable percentage of the workforce being laid off because of it. Right. And that wasn't a nice experience to go through. And um, we very well might see similar sorts of effects happening as a result of this, which which uh, is obviously not a great thing. No. But however you voted, you know, whether you think leaving the EU is a good or a bad idea, it is an idea that is now upon us. And longer term, it's unclear. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. I'm of the opinion that, you know, it's very possible in a decade we could all look back at this time and think, wow, you know, as a country, we all got together and we did the right thing. And now we're in a much stronger and better place. Just look at what happened to the rest of Europe or imagine what happened if we stayed in and we could have been brought down with them if something bad happens in the rest of Europe. Mm -hmm. Or it could go the other way. I think nobody really knows. It's really a large and complicated problem with a lot of variables and moving parts and i think making long or even medium-term predictions at this point is pointless it's, it's literally you know 50 50 flip a coin who knows what's going to happen yeah there's t- absolutely there's two there's like i say too many moving parts i mean I, I i i completely agree you know i don't think it means that everyone should prepare for a complete collapse of of the economy or anything like that but as you say it's it's the that's the long and medium term you just don't know it's the short term just looks a bit more a bit more gloomy and so it's a case of well how do you deal with that yeah whatever you voted to stay or leave there is no denying that in the short term that things are going to be a bit more difficult the value of the pound has fallen through the floor some large employees in the country are threatening to pull out the country and move the workforce elsewhere there's no way this is going to be resolved quickly it's going to take time to turn things around get the economy back on track and put us on a trajectory that's going to make everything better for everybody. So what are the potential things that we we need to be prepared for, I guess, as small business owners to try and reduce the impact it's going to have on our businesses and try and ride out the storm and make the best of the situation? Yeah. Well, I suppose, I mean, I suppose there's two places you could be, right? I mean, I expect there's some people, I'm thankfully not one of them, who a direct result of this caused something tangibly bad to happen to their business, like a contract went as something they were about to get and were banking on wasn't there anymore. I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that a a lot of the problem is it's a market and a market just is in some ways is like a mood, you know what I mean? And if everyone, if, if the market thinks things are going to be bad, then things start going bad and actually I think small businesses like ours can probably find ways to, you know, thrive in this. Like I don't, not everyone does badly in a in a recession, you know. I think it largely depends on where your clients are and where where your business comes from. I mean, at Lighthouse, what, are most of your clients in the UK? 
Yeah, I, I would say historically like 75% have been UK-based. Mm-hmm. I guess if you're a business who has clients in the EU, then suddenly you're going to look a bit cheaper to them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the exchange rate thing, I mean, some hosting company kept emailing me telling me it was a great time to buy lots of servers because they, they, could, do it all, they could do it all with some uh, trick of the exchange rate. Which I thought was a bit off, a bit opportunistic. But absolutely, like if if the pound's going to stay low, we are going to people aren't going to assume that London suddenly hasn't become like a hotbed of talented designers, developers, and somewhere you can go to get good work done. And people who like an like to take an opportunity might say, "Well, I've got a new project. I should be searching in the in the UK in London for for the team to build that." Yeah, and that's definitely a positive we can take from this is assuming you don't put your rates up to try and match the the difference in the currency that exists and therefore take away that advantage. If you have clients abroad, suddenly yeah, you've gotten a little bit cheaper from their perspective, uh, although you would still be making the same amount of pounds. So yeah, that, that could work out really well. I guess we've got to try and find a way to make sure that we still look and appear as if we are a hotbed of, of talent and, and services that people from other countries would, would like to employ. And some difficulties I see maintaining that is, to me, one of the really concerning points is sort of freedom of movement in the EU mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with that. So at the moment, it's very easy for people from the EU to move to another country to work. There's literally no barriers whatsoever. Hop on a plane get off the other side, find somewhere to live, get a job, no documentation needed. Yeah. That is really useful in our industry. And every time we've posted a job, we've had applicants from all over Europe apply. And we have employed several people from around Europe and also around the world. It is difficult to find talent in our industry. It's yeah. the the roles are very much in demand, especially designer developer types who are particularly talented. And so having that, that honeypot of talent from across a much wider, across the whole of the EU is very beneficial to businesses like ours. Yeah. And if, if they can't make those same deals about freedom of movement with the EU that we had while we were in it, then that's definitely going to restrict the available talent pool to UK businesses. And that has me a little bit concerned. That absolutely can't be good. I suppose there's potential that some of that talent pool might be made up by hiring a little further afield in England. I suppose it's exactly what the people that are wanting to leave would, would want to happen is that you know, talent from within England is actually utilised a bit more. But yeah, you can't say in a marketplace that restricting the supply of good people is going to have a net positive effect. It's... Um, it, it it could be problematic, absolutely. And if and you're right, if London loses, or I keep saying London, this is exactly why people voted to leave uh, because <laughs> <laughs> everything's too London, London voted to stay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, because <laughs> uh, everything's too London centric. But um, if England stops looking like somewhere where there is opportunity for that, then that could, you know, that's not just going to affect a couple of people saying, "Oh, I don't think there's an opportunity there." It will affect like the story of London and of and of the UK as as somewhere you can go and do that, and that's probably going to be quite hard to to turn that narrative around, especially if somewhere else springs up, um, somewhere else around Europe to start, you know that that Silicon Roundabout that we've that we've got that thing. There's nothing special. Yeah, that, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. 
so special about England to say it can only happen there. No, no, rightly so. But it does take time to accumulate. They can't, again, make another Silicon Roundabout or Tech City style accumulation of services and companies in one place overnight. It does take time to, to turn these things around. And I guess if the UK looks like it's less of an, an enticing prospect, even if we can make the same deals with the EU that we have today, if our economy is taken a hit, suddenly perhaps the UK looks like a less less tempting place for people to work because they can't make as much money as they could previously. I'm also a little bit worried about the education side of things. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of educational institutions gain a lot of funding both from the EU directly, which we can supplant with UK funding. Yeah. But they do rely quite heavily on a lot of foreign students coming in to study here. And those foreign students aren't entitled to the subsidized fees that UK citizens get. So they pay the full fees and that in turn helps fund a lot of these places. I mean, even when I was at university um, a while ago now, a fair percentage of our class being made up of, of people from elsewhere in the EU. Yeah. And that was a really great thing to have. Um, but those, those, those people paid to be there and that money won't be there for those uh, educational institutions as much. Uh, which has me a little bit worried. I just don't want to see the, the talent pool drying up over time, that if these universities and colleges can't get the the people onto the courses and get enough money from people being there, then the teachers can't get paid as much. The teachers aren't as good. Courses start shutting down or start getting merged, becoming less specialized, more generalized. And it has a bit of, a, bit of an overall effect on the new talent pool rising up and yeah. you know, the sort of people we'd be looking to employ once they're ready to graduate. No, absolutely. I mean, some of that is the the medium long term. You you know you were talking about before in that you'd hope, even though this decision has been made, there's still people in charge who actually don't want to see the UK tank into completely, and that whatever's put in place tries to keep some of this. And then you're going to find out if there is anything special about England, you know, and that that's like this this current kind of short term downturn. I think is just a you know it's a shock. It's a it's it's a market going well. This is uncertain now, and markets hate uncertainty. And when it stabilizes, then we're going to find out this, if there's something special about England, or if actually we're not that special after all. <laughs> and you know, who, and and who knows? But um. Yeah, I, I agree. If you're just going to call it on what the people who wanted to leave want, not all of them, if the general rhetoric around it, then yeah, it's it's not going to go well. But those, you know, the people in charge, whatever you think of them, their job is to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Let's hope they manage it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they appoint someone in charge. You can uh, start making some decisions. Yeah. Completely. That that be that's that's that step that step number one. If they want to, um, if they do, you know, want our advice. Uh, this is a bit like therapy, Dan. I'm quite enjoying this. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, I, this, are we on the negatives at the moment? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah. Okay. Fine. There are some positives, but the list is a bit smaller. <laughs> I've seen the list. It's, it's... <laughs> Right. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. Tell. 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 Tell me some more then. What. What. What else are you scared of, John? So, when I was a child, <laughs> <laughs> I think 
investor confidence in startups is, is a bit of a concern for me. Mm. I think we, we work with a lot of startups and I think the same could be said for you guys. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. definitely your focus. And investor confidence in startups would just mean that if they don't see as many as much opportunity to invest in a UK startup because the economy seems down, um, perhaps there doesn't seem as many opportunities for them. The instability in the market makes investing uh, all the more perilous. It's possible that we might see a bit of a flattening out or even decrease in the amount of funding ending up in startups' hands, which therefore means less work for the types of studios like ours who do tend to work with them quite often. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It, um, it will mean that, but sometimes that's it's not necessarily such a bad thing. Startups are at their best when they're doing things, you know, in the lean way, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they wrote the book. And I suppose this was the point I was going to come on to, but maybe I'll make it now. Is I just think one of the things for um, businesses, well, any business really, is that now you've got to really focus on why you exist, you know, why why you provide value, mm-hmm. because like that's now the thing that's going to save you is proving that you're worth being there. And I think um, if an agency who has just been taking a load of startup money, building wild and wonderful things, and, you know, essentially wasting it, that attitude isn't going to survive. You know, that approach isn't going to survive. In a way, it shouldn't survive. You know, that's that's waste. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this is kind of, we need some kind of cull or something. But what I'm saying is like, it, it's going to force businesses to say, what is the thing I do that when people pay me for it, I provide more value back in return? Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's the stuff I'm doing, which I just do because I do? And, and, uh, and I never, you know, people have just paid for it. Well, that, that money might start drying up. So you've got to make sure that you're a, a better business, really. Like it's got to turn you into someone's more focused on providing value for the for your clients because that's how you're going to keep them it just i think it as like i say i think it just will focus people down on why they exist and and cut some of the the you know the extra bits that people do that aren't that just aren't necessary for anyone and that's not to say there's not going to be more less money going around which should of course will reduce the amount of work and and the amount of money that everyone makes but that medium and long-term effect you don't know with something like this you know the dot-com bust you know those startups were ridiculous yes the ones now aren't ridiculous but it's never bad to have to become more efficient so you see this as a bit of a bit of a cleansing opportunity hang on now we're getting into the the, the sort of rhetoric that will uh, get me charged with hate speech <laughs> no uh no it's um no it's it's, it's, a, it is, it's a chance to i think look at why why you exist as a business the things you do well and make sure that you're providing value and that can't that can't hurt yeah yeah i absolutely agree i mean it, like we said when we started this podcast and it's the drum i kept beating about specialisms and having one and just making sure you're focusing on what you're good at and that is going to help make you a really successful business you know the short the short there might be short term pain like like some of that for some businesses that's going to involve going okay i'm i need to get rid of some people or you know i need to get rid of a harsh term but you know i need to scale down a bit get back to what i what i do best like you say that's how things 
That's how innovation happens. Those circumstances are ones that produce the innovation, right? Having plenty, having loads of money, loads of time doesn't create as much innovation as having restrictions and and boundaries and, and targets that are hard to get to. So again, we'll find out how good the whole scene is, I suppose, and how much of it is just people having a having a lovely time doing startups that are just aren't necessary. Yep, I agree. Yep. It's gonna largely depend from an agency perspective what you were doing before, I guess, and what your trajectory was based on what your outlook is looking like, you're gonna to have to make some decisions. If you were in the process of of scaling up and growing before all of this happened and now you seem to have too many people, you know, you may need to look at downsizing, you know, shedding shedding some payroll costs in order to ride out the storm and make sure that your company survives. Uh, we've certainly looked at the balance sheet and tried to see where we could be saving some money, but also we've been looking to see where we can invest to try and turn things around and try and increase the amount of interest that we're getting in, in our business. So we've definitely started turning our hand to marketing a bit more and trying to accelerate a few things that were just on the back burner for a very long time like our website <clears throat> and um <laughs> and uh oh is it coming now <laughs> yeah refer back to uh episode six a long time ago is it gonna have like a, is it gonna have a union jap on it now <laughs> british british ux for british people there we go love it <laughs> and looking at looking at other advertising and marketing activities that we could be doing in the interim to just try and stoke the fire a bit and to see what turns up putting some eggs in some different baskets and, and trying a few different things that in good times you sort of don't bother with because you're too busy dealing with all the work sitting back and letting it all happen because it happens easily and you kind of let these things slip a bit i think in these these kind of times you just need to, to double down on your communications making sure that people know what you're up to just making yourself visible and hopefully if somebody has an opportunity that comes up where they think they need some of your services, you'll be front of mind. They'll pick up the phone and give you a call. Uh, that's that's the best advice I can give to people right now. Yeah, well, you're, I mean, I think one of your original remits for this podcast was your kind of assertion that now was the time of the sort of small, medium, small agency up against the kind of huge um, full-service giants. And something like this, it's going to pay to be small and nimble and be able to change your offering quickly. And yeah, I mean, hopefully not have to downsize because that's horrible. It involves people losing their jobs. But if you are downsizing one person compared with a department of 20, you know, something that that's the opportunity, I think, is if there is less money and people are starting to look at cost, well, we are an option that people might start looking at. Mm-hmm. Who who before would have gone? We yeah we'd never work with an agency that's less than fifty people. Now might be saying, oh hang on, maybe there is some value to be had at that at that smaller agency level. You know maybe maybe we should be going to them with bigger projects and and bigger challenges, and we can get some value out of it. And I think that's if people are looking for value again, that's not a bad thing for an an, an industry to have to deliver. You know that that's exactly what you should be delivering. That's that's how you stay good. Yeah, I I do see this this type of movement just contributing to that, that theory of mine that we spoke about at the beginning that the, the smaller is, is the the time of the smaller agency, and I think smaller agencies are in a position to to weather this storm much better than larger ones. Yeah, you're not going to get bought by a large one anytime soon. That's a, that's yes. Yeah, don't don't rely on on uh, suddenly being bought by a much larger agency. That wouldn't go well. 
Um, yeah, like for, for example, I was uh, speaking to someone I know who runs an agency quite a bit larger. Uh, they have a, a whole team here in the UK, but they also have a reasonably large team in the US. And suddenly that team got £10,000 a month more expensive, Yeah, which is going to really affect them. And it's going to make them have to make some difficult decisions if the situation doesn't improve quickly or they're going to need to try and adapt. But the bigger you are, the bigger the ship, the harder and slower it is to turn and slow down. Yeah, you've just got all this momentum, so it does bode well if you're a smaller agency owner. Uh, I believe in these situations. At the same time, all of the Brexit stuff was happening. I think way before that, the wheels had started turning on a movement in our industry where there's going to be a bit of a squeeze in the middle, mm-hmm. and by that I mean that a lot of the larger agencies are being made redundant now by clients taking their teams in house and realizing they need to have the specialisms rather than hiring really large teams in really large agencies for really large amounts of money to do all this work for them. Uh, So those larger agencies are some of them starting to move a little bit more towards the middle of the market and target the clients that we might ordinarily go after. And similarly, at the bottom end of the market where things were traditionally a bit more commoditized and people who were working on simpler projects for smaller budgets are feeling a squeeze from the platforms that are offering websites out of the box that are all completely DIY, give you everything you need for a handful of dollars a month. Platforms like Squarespace that are largely making the need for small independent designers, developers working on small scale projects a little bit redundant. So they've got a requirement to try and move towards the middle, going up the stack, looking for larger clients who need more of a custom solution. And all this was happening before Brexit. And I feel like the financial pressures being put on the companies at both ends are just going to accelerate that squeeze towards the middle, which is going to make the area where we exist today that little bit more competitive. Yeah, completely. I mean, we've changed our offering as it were you know several times in our uh, lifespan and it's always a case of saying let's try let's try offering this do people want it and that that you'll find it tricky if you don't pay attention to what people want from you you know if you are that template website agency what you're going to find is that you sort of need to spend time being good at something that isn't like a specific solution really you just need to get good at saying well here's the sort of problems i'm good at tackling having a vision for the business is probably more important than ever i think you know being able to say here's why we're here here's what we here's what we do and here's why we do it that that'll help because you can just you can stick to that you know that's not going to change as long as you make sure that that's something that people want then you can hopefully steer steer through it so are we going to the positives of this now? That was the positives, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was me turning your investor confidence in Starsarts reduced into a positive. <laughs> okay. Dragging it, dragging and dropping it onto the other list. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in my positives list, I had that the rents might go down. Which is, <laughs> Woo! Um, which, uh, Absolutely. I guess... It's worth it. I would have voted leave if I'd known that. um yeah that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) well i think that's i think that is that's where we're at at the moment isn't it that what what this represents to me there is the current mood on this thing and i suppose one key thing about this whole whole thing is like not a lot of the things you've got on those lists are things you actually have much control over and i think 
what's really important now is to say this is happening but what can I actually do you know do I sit there reading the news and worrying or do I say well do you know what I've still got some work to do and let's just get going let's get a month down the line let's get two months let's see what starts happening but if you take your foot off the pedal in those two months uh, sitting around going oh everyone stop what they're doing and and worry about this unless you're one of those unfortunate people who this is actually directly tangibly affected like that contract's gone now you have to act like there's something you have to do if you're like us where it's more like the rest of the market everyone's just a bit like well it feels like it's going to be bad if you stop and go oh okay let me try and imagine how bad it's going to be actually no just like sort of keep going you know like and just make sure that you're doubling down on the things that you're good at but you should be doing that anyway there's a sense of there's some of this stuff it's better just to turn the news off and carry on keep trying to sell stuff and keep trying to improve because that if you don't do that then you'll get too much down the line and you know you'll you'll have a bad quarter because you thought you were going to have a bad quarter Mm -hmm. that's that's what we're seeing at the moment that's that's all the market is it's a lot of people thinking the same thing and you can think it and ignore it, you know, at the same time. You know, you can just, just carry on with things. I'd say that is my assessment of the disproportionate size of your positives list. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is good advice. Yeah, I think if you don't have a specialism, try and find one, focus on something. Try and market yourself as, as being an expert in something and then target a certain type of client who might be looking for that exact thing and then you know shout it out to the world let everybody you can know about it and hopefully you might be able to turn this around a bit and find a bit of a niche or uh, something else that all your competition aren't necessarily focusing on Uh, give yourself a bit of a a leg up in the market and hopefully give you enough momentum to be able to ride out the storm fingers crossed everything will work out all right and in the medium term we should see financial situation improving longer term Fingers crossed, all we can hope for is that you know that this does actually work out better for the UK. Yeah, absolutely. And we are you know, we as a as a nation are not the same as you and me with our businesses, you know. Like some people will do well, some people won't. This is just a new environment for that to play out in. You can make it go bad by just agreeing, by assuming it's gonna go bad. You know, like what you're doing, looking at doing marketing, looking at all those sort of things, that's that for me is the right thing to do. The thing not to do is be like, we're going to be short of money soon. I'm going to stop spending money on promoting myself. Or, you know, I'm not going to try and sell this thing now because I just don't think anyone's going to want to buy it. Everyone, no one's going to have any confidence. If, start, if startups have got less investment, then find ways to get them more for that amount of money that still makes you money. You know, that's like innovate something, like try doing things a different way. And if you get good at that, then you'll be able to negotiate anything really and when times are good you'll be you'll be even stronger yeah and look further afield i'd say now that the economy is down it like like we said earlier it is an opportunity you will now be more affordable for clients outside of the country while our pound is weak so start approaching people start trying to find some contacts do some marketing in places abroad and see if you can use that to your advantage Absolutely. I think I'm going to set up a Twitter campaign about something along those lines. Dirty London web design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll work. I'm, I'm sure. And maybe all those employees, all those employees that have to leave the big agencies, you know, that's where that's your new talent pool for you to go shopping in. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Swimming in if it's a pool. <laughs>
That's awesome. Well, I feel that we started off quite negatively and have finished feeling like this might be the best thing that's ever happened to <laughs> to us and to and to good England and all the sail in her. Very possible, Dan. I'd give you 50-50 on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, everybody try and make the best of it. Uh, this does cause problems, but it does create opportunities. So um, let's do what we can to try and make Britain great again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Excellent. There you go. Maybe I should run for prime minister. That's, yeah. That's the most political we're going to get on this. Um, I hope, God, I hope this is the most political anything gets. I'm so bored of the politics. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Facebook is a disaster zone. But I'm considering deleting all news sources of, out of my life just to kind of do something else, like read the next Game of Thrones novel when that comes out, you know, something like that. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just, just uh, make, make it all stop. I'm happy, I'm happy now. Yeah, I, I had my, my series of angry tweets and Facebook posts uh, in the immediate aftermath and have since uh, diffused that a bit to um, start focusing on those positives and try and make the best of, of what we've got to work with. Awesome. Nice. Well, if anybody has uh, any other concerns, you know you know where to hit us up. We're on perspective.fm on the webs. Leave us some comments and feedback there. Uh, we're also on Twitter at underscore perspective.fm. I've been John Dark at Dark John on Twitter from Every Interaction at Every Interact. And Dan, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on the tweets at Gentus Maximus. You can find Lighthouse at We Are Lighthouse. And the website's just wearelighthouse.com. Fantastic. And send all of your political opinions to Dan there. <laughs> Absolutely. Please do. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>